Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. It's been a been a tough week, but a real celebration yesterday for for Neil Blake. What a what an amazing if you didn't get to see it, it it'll be on our live stream. You can pick that up. But we were praying uh, Wednesday, the word had come in and there's just a lot of sharing about Neil and the same scripture that James got yesterday, we got during intercession. Uh, I've been communing about Brother Neil all this week, even while I was driving to the point that where I almost got into a car accident. Yeah, I loved Brother Neil, even though, you know, I love him very much. And I said, all right. I said, no, I said, all right, Lord, please help me to stay focused. Um, you know, cause when you believe for God to, to move and do something, you know, the enemy has a way of, uh, trying to distract you, but God is still sovereign. He's still sovereign people. So as I was communing with the Lord, uh, yesterday while the, um, service, when I was watching it online, the Lord gave me a scripture, John chapter 12 verses 24 through 25. It states, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat, Brother Neil was a grain of wheat, people. He was a grain of wheat. Falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. That's what the Lord has given me, not only for Neil Blake's family, he's given it for, to the congregation, all his family, his friends, and most personally, he gave it to me for myself. We'll get that squared away. Um, yesterday, the memorial service, it was really pretty, pretty incredible. Um, the testimony, my, my daughter Sarah and I got an opportunity to go uh, during the week over to meet with Neil's family, all the grandchildren. It was such a, an incredible connection. And when you heard the testimonies yesterday of all the people he impacted, um, and those are the ones we know about. So it's like, wow, you know. Got it. All right. I'm going to lose my pants here. Praise God. <laughs> Hello. Let <laughs> me, uh, a moment of, tr- yeah, I know I'm on video. My wife says, please. Um, so anyway, there, there was just such a great testimony. This, um, you pray for us because this week, um, my, my mother-in-law, Jenny's mom also went to be with the Lord last week. And so we're headed to Baltimore. The whole family's converging. We'll be doing, I'll be doing this memorial service from, uh, from Mama Josephine. And um, what an amazing woman she was as well. When you, I kind of look over these circumstances of life where um, when I met my wife at 16 uh, in high school, this woman, Josephine, her mom, was such a devout woman. And so when we, I remember when her older brother uh, went to Vietnam, I'd come over the house. Now, this is kind of pre-Jesus for me. Am I good to go? All right, let's try that. Yes, we are. Praise the Lord. All right, thank you, Lance. Thank you. Um, I remember coming to my wife's house, and Vic had been, uh, yeah, my girlfriend's house, and Vic, well, Vic was your brother. (laughs) Um, He was in Vietnam, and I would come there, and they had this little house in uh, Blue Point, Long Island, and, and mom would be in the back pantry in intercession for hours, every day, hours. And I'm convinced now, looking back and understanding some things more about the kingdom, I think Vic was only one of maybe two in the whole platoon that survived when they were attacked um, by the Viet Cong. He was shot. He survived. They medevaced him out. He happened to be on that day. He was given the radio and was in the back of the platoon when the Claymore mines went off and took out the entire platoon. And so he survived, thrived. He's a wonderful man, just married another, uh, his, his first wife. Uh, yeah, she's amazing too. So God is an incredible God, and he hears the prayers of his people, and he honors the saints. Um, there's this amazing scripture in Psalm 116, verse 15. It says, When the saints of the Lord die, it is precious to him. 
I looked that up this week, and it doesn't mean adorable, which you might think. It means extremely valuable, expensive. When a general like Neil goes to be with the Lord, it is expensive this side. But we also know in uh, Hebrews chapter 12 that there's this, if we're surrounded by such an amazing cloud of witnesses, let us drop the weights and the sin that so easily besets us and let us run our race because they're waiting for us to finish the race. So this is an encouragement. This thing, you know, we look so narrowly at life and you just realize, man, it is an eternity that God has for us. So uh, we're going to miss him. Praise God. He was a friend of mine for over 28 years. I met him when we first went hunting on, in Colorado on horseback and he put me in really some scary situations sometimes in ministry and in the natural, you know. I remember riding a switchback with a trail. Neil was really good with horses. I had horses, but not to his extent. I remember having a pack animal and riding on a switchback, looking down over a thousand feet on an icy ledge. With a, and I'm, I'm like, what in the world am I doing here? Neil said, you'll be fine. Just give the horse its head. I said, okay. <laughs> Those were kind of things that we did and, and just uh, amazing things. When he told us we were going to go to Israel and set up a tent on the Mount of Olives, I thought he had missed it. He didn't miss it. And when he heard from the Lord, so I just want to honor his legacy and all the impacts and all the, we need to pick up the baton and run. Amen. So I have a message today that's uh, easy listening, fire and brimstone. <laughs> and uh, uh, I don't know how to do it any other way, but there's, you should have two handouts. Uh, one is the nice color copy. It sells 12 prophetic signs that tell us that we're living on the edge of eternity. This was actually published recently, a couple of weeks ago, by Christian Broadcasting Network. So, um, and I thought it, when I read it, it was like, man, that's, that's just where we are. And I've done a whole bunch of, my wife looks at me, she's like, what are you doing every morning? I've got a whole lot of research that is back, that'll back some of this up that I'm going to reveal to you. My purpose is, um, is to really get you to a place where Jesus knows exactly where we are and where you are. So let me ask you a question. If you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that tomorrow a life-threatening event were going to occur in Wilmington. Now you can wonder what that is, the folks that just went through this crazy tornadoes, but maybe a Cat 5 tornado. You knew it was going to hit tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. That's not a prophecy in the name of Jesus. Or an earthquake, a 10.0 earthquake that hit Japan a few years ago, right, that destroyed the Fukushima nuclear plant. If you knew in advance that was going to happen tomorrow, what would you do today? You'd go and alert people. You'd get on the phone with everybody. What else would you do? Prepare. Either get out of town or set up or get in a place, right? So I want you to recognize that Jesus loves you and he knows who you are. And he also knows what's coming and when it's coming. Maybe not the hour, but the season. He said, oh, my papa knows when it's going to happen. But you'll know the season. So if that's the case, what would you think Jesus would do? He would tell you. And in fact, he tells us, when, when I loaded up all the scriptures on this, I look, good. Now, you have, to be, you have to have not read the scriptures at all to miss this. So Jesus knows, and he wanted us, when he tells you, emphatically over and over go watch be prepared don't be asleep come on and he tells it through the the gospels in many places at least three major ones Matthew 24 Luke 21 Mark 13 so he wants us to know what's coming why so you're prepared so you can prepare your family so I'd, I would just love you to take this uh, handout and hand it off to some people you know what season we're living in are you ready? Do you, you talk about an open door. I actually came into the kingdom with some understanding. After my daughter's miraculous healing and I got saved, it was like I got really excited about the end times. And so some people get scared when I preach this. You should not be scared. You should be prepared. And guess what? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So... All right, so let's, uh, let's look at the, the first handout there, biblical signs that tell us we're living on the edge of eternity. Now, I quote my mom here. This is Marion Hauser. I 
She, uh, she says, you know, Tom, there's only so much sand in the hourglass. And we're in the last hour. You know, she comes up with these little statements. She calls me a lot of times in the morning. You know what the Lord said this morning? I said, Mama, go ahead, tell me. And, and then she'll tell me again. And they'll tell me intercession and praise God. So there's only so much sand in the hourglass, both of our lives and in the circumstances of what's coming on the earth. There has never been a time in human history, that's not an overstatement, where the biblical signs are coinciding for a completion of epic proportions. Our Savior gave clear signs and warnings to prepare his bride for what to look for and to be prepared for him. Jesus tells you, Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, what the world will look like just before his second coming, and then he commands, not a great suggestion, he commands us to watch for him. And I've listed fun. Let's just turn to one. Why don't you turn with me to Mark 13. We'll begin in verse 33. Actually, let's back up to 26 because I want to tie in the fig tree later. Matthew, uh, Mark 13 and verse 26. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming. He's already told you to watch out. He's laid out multiple, multiple signs of what the world is going to be going through. And then he says, then everyone, verse 26, will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send out his angels to gather the chosen ones, marked, right? From all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and, and heaven. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. And by the way, in scripture, the fig tree is Israel. You can see that in Romans 11, right? He tells you, we're the wild bunch. The, the Gentiles have been grafted into the fig tree. They're the, they're the natural tree, Israel. There's also other places that he shares that, Jeremiah so whenever you see fig tree discussions in the scripture, it's generally referring to the, the nation, the state of Israel, the people of Israel. So learn this lesson from the fig tree. When the branches bud and the leaves begin to sprout, which you'll see in Israel now, know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you'll know that his return is very near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene before these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Disappear. May 14th of 1948, that nation was born in a day, in accordance with Isaiah 66. Isaiah says 600 years before Christ, can a nation be born in a day? Yes, it was. When our President Truman declared, when they declared their independence, and he was the first of all the nations present and acknowledged. And then the United Nations said, yes. And the nation, the state of Israel was born. This generation that was born on that day will not pass before it's completed. So now whether you think a generation is 70 years or what is allowed by scripture, 120 years, 40 years, the life expectancy back, I don't know. But it's clear, it's near. It's certainly near. It's right at the door, Jesus says. Now, verse 32, he says, however, no one knows the day or the hour that these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. And since we don't know when that time will come, be on guard. Stay alert. Don't fall asleep. Don't get wrapped up in sin and all the crazy stuff. Stay alert. The coming of the Son of Man will be like this, like the story of a man going on a long trip. When he left home, he gave each of his slaves instructions about the work that they were to do. He told the gatekeeper to watch for his return, that too, keep watch, for you don't know when the master of the household will return. And in the evening, at midnight, before dawn, at daybreak, don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone, watch for him. It's pretty hard to miss what the master is saying there, right? And the same is true in these other places of Scripture. So I've listed in number one there the rebirth of Israel. These are just some of the Scriptures that talk about Israel being coming back into their own land. So let's just, let's just pull, pull one or two out. Turn with me, if you can, to Zechariah 10. 
right after Haggai. Towards the back there of the Old Testament, just before Malachi. And let's look at Zechariah chapter 10. Zechariah is such an amazing scripture of what's coming in the earth. If you look at Zechariah 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, it's like, whoa. 14 is uh, the Lord will rule the earth. It's actually his second coming and in the, in the, actually the restoration of all things when he comes. Amazing scripture. If you want to get excited, read Zechariah this week, chapter 10 through 14. It's prophetically the words that were spoken by the prophet, 520 B.C. So in Zechariah chapter 10, my Bible titles it, uh, The Lord Will Restore His People. Well, why don't we pick up and let's just look in verse 6. Well, let's look. Well, I will, yeah, let's start in verse 6. Zechariah 10, 6, it says, I will strengthen Judah and save Israel, and I will restore them because of my compassion. It will be though I have never rejected them, for I am the Lord their God and who will hear their cries. The people of Israel will become like a mighty warriors and their hearts will be made happy as if by wine. Their children too will see it and be glad. Their hearts will rejoice in the Lord. When I whistle to them, they will come running for I have redeemed them from the few who are left. They will grow as numerous as they were before. Though I have scattered them from like seeds among the nations, they will still remember me in the distant lands. They and their children will survive, and they will return to Israel. I will bring them back from Egypt, from Assyria. I will settle them in Gilead, Lebanon, until there's no more room for all of them. They will pass safely through the sea of distress, for the waves of the sea will be held back, and the waters of the Nile will dry up. The pride of Assyria will be crushed. That's going on right now. By my power, I will make my people strong, and by my authority, they will know, they will go wherever they wish. I, the Lord, have spoken. That's just one of many, many, many scriptures about the restoration. I want to get real excited. Read Ezekiel 36, 37, 38, 39 about the coming war that will soon, I believe, be the Magog and Gog war that will come. So this, I just want you to see that all of end time prophecy really settles down on the rebirth of Israel. For so many thousands of years, there was no place for them. Once they had been scattered, 70 AD, the Roman legions came in, Jesus prophesied not one stone would remain. They were scattered and they were scattered everywhere. Now where are they coming from? We've met them in Israel from Ethiopia, the Jewish bloodline that was preserved in possibly back to Numbers chapter 11, uh, chapter 12, where it said Moses marries the Cushite woman. You know, his, his uh, sister and his brother get all upset about that, right? Lord pulls them up short. And uh, they, it's, it's very possible that that bloodline of that generation came. Now they're coming back. They're making Aliyah by the millions back to Israel. And so we've seen them coming from Russia, the Russian Jews. Lord, we thank you that they're coming from all the different locations of the earth. This is being fulfilled in your lifetime. I ought to get a hold of this. In your lifetime. This generation will not pass away when the fig tree starts to blossom. And you see it in your lifetime. And it could be today. It could be tomorrow. I don't. It could be very, very soon. And so he goes on and says... Now, here's another one, the third temple preparation. This is only the last 20-so years. My last trip to Israel, we went and we saw the blueprints. We saw the elements that have been created for the temple worship. They're all prepared. The the vestas of the priests, the Sanhedrin has been formed. They are looking for the bloodline of the red heifer right now. They're looking for this fulfillment. It is here The blueprints, I have seen the blueprints of the temples with my own eyes. They said, we can build this probably within a year. You you get released, it'll be built in a year. They've assembled the stones that'll be cut by diamonds, not by human hands, that are assembled for the foundation of the cornerstone. Interesting, we would sing about that today. They are prepared, they're ready for the foundation stones to go in the third temple preparation. So let's look at some scripture on this one. 
you know that it can't be fulfilled if the temple's not built, and if it only takes a year. Now, that does, does that mean that the rapture, some of you are pre-tribber, post-tribber, mid-tribbers, no-tribber, I don't know. Some of you are panologists, it's all going to pan out. I don't know where you're at theologically, that's fine. We can agree to disagree on that. That's not a hill we're going to die on, we'll bleed on it, but I'm a pre-tribber. I'm, I'm out of here on the first train out of here. Hallelujah. That's me. I can give you some scripture. I know you probably can give me. The point is, the rapture could occur tomorrow, tonight, and then this whole thing can unveil, and this third temple preparation could be put in place. Just saying. So let's look at some scripture. Turn with me, if you will, to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The man of perdition. Second Thessalonians 2. My Bible titles this, Events Prior to the Lord's Second Coming. It's just uh, 16 verses. Let's read this. Now, so Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica. There were those that said the, the, the rapture had already occurred. And there's a like, no, no, it hasn't. Paul sets them straight on this. And here's some things you should consider when you know it will happen. So verse 1, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, let's clarify some things about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered to meet him. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those that say the day of the Lord's already begun. Don't believe them. Even if they claim to have some spiritual vision or revelation or a letter supposedly from us, don't be fooled by what they say. For the day of the Lord will not come until there's a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed. Speaking of the Antichrist. The one who brings destruction. He will exalt himself and defy everything that the people have called God and every object of worship. He will even sit in the temple. Hello? What temple doesn't exist yet? He will sit in the temple of God and claim that he himself is God. Now, this is plenty of tri revelation, tribulation on the Antichrist, the false prophet. Number, verse 5. Don't you remember that? I told you about this when I was with you. And you know what is holding him back, for he can be revealed only when his time comes. For this lawlessness, it's already at work. Boy, man, have we seen that now. Secretly, and it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. Many believe that's the rapture of the church and the Holy Spirit in you that's taken out of here. And what's this place going to be like when millions and millions of spirit-filled believers are gone? Talk about ugliness. Woohoo! So he goes on, he says, Then the man of lawlessness will be revealed, and the Lord Jesus will kill him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. It's going to be the shortest war in time. Revelation 19, those on white horses. This devil's going to get together. Oh, yeah, they were taken out by aliens. Let's all get together. One world government. Let's get our missiles and our rockets. Let's get ready. This guy's coming back. It's going to be the shortest war. One word. The king of kings and the Lord of lords with his vesture, with the blood on his. Man, it is. And you're going to be riding. I don't. You better learn how to ride some horses. Huh? Hello. Don't have to be afraid. So he says, this man will be doing the work of Satan with counterfeit power signs and miracles. He will use every kind of evil deception. Boy, it is rampant. To fool those in the way of destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe the lies and they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. As far as we can, thank God for you, my brothers and sisters. The Spirit makes you holy. Stand, take a strong grip. So I want you to see that he prophesied this. So let's, um, in Matthew 24, let's just turn there for a minute. Matthew 24, 15, Jesus himself quotes this, that the abomination of desolation will stand in the holy place. That's used also in the book of Daniel. 
When Daniel has his dream about what will take place, when the Ancient of Days comes and sits down and the court of heaven is in session, and he's going to round up this character and all of them, and we know where he goes to the barbecue pit. <laughs> Revelation. Going to be a great day. And we're going to look on him and say, this is the one that deceived the whole world? This? Don't give him too much credit. He just, he's just not God. All right, in Matthew 24, in verse 15. Such an amazing scripture, this whole thing. He says, the, Jesus says, quote, red letter, the day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about, the sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing in the holy place. Reader, pay attention. Those in Judea, so King James says it this way. But the gospel of the kingdom will be preached, verse 14, and the whole world will witness unto all nations, then the end shall come. By the way, that hasn't happened but in our generation. Right now, I think TBN, CBN, they got satellites bombarding to every corner of the, of the world right now. You could tune in a scripture anywhere in the world and find a radio station that's proclaiming the gospel of Christ. That has never happened until the technology of your lifetime. There's another fulfillment. When you therefore see the abomination of desolation, verse 15, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand, let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. The point of this is that preparation of the temple construction is already in place. So we see here the new world order, number three, one world government. And there are so many, I'm going to read some of these things, but this whole climate move is a strategy of deception. Now, we all love, mother, you know, we all love protecting our earth. Come on, I, we're, not, we're not here for pollution or anything like that. But you're going to look at the COP26, I'll read you something. Out. Pope Francis' seven-year plan. Interesting, seven-year plan. Laudato Si, I'll read that to you in a moment as well. The European Union chief throwing out the 1947 European Nuremberg Code. Why would you do that? After the destruction of the Jews during World War II, the six million Jews that were killed and over two million, maybe four million gypsies and disabled, when they eradicated them and did all these experimentals, Dr. Mengel and the, what the Japanese did also, at the end of that, in the horrification of what they found, they said, we're going we're to write the Nuremberg Code that is a, it's against humanity. It's, it's violation of hum, human life. You cannot test people. You cannot inoculate them without their permission. You cannot do things to them that are not within their approval. So why would the European chief last couple of weeks want to eradicate the Nuremberg Code? You ask yourself. You know exactly what they want to do. So when we look at this one world currency, what's coming? This whole cryptocurrency is all, I believe, part of the setup. The, one, the rise of one world religion. I'm going to share with you in a minute. There's, the Pope has now gotten together with the Grand Imam, Ahmed al-Taib, and also the, the rabbis. And they have decided that in... They would build a church, a mosque, and a synagogue. I've seen the pictures. I actually have them here in Abu Dhabi in the United Emirates. They want to recognize, nothing wrong with that. Let's not fight each other. Let's have this agreement that Father Abraham was open to all of us, but it is an open door to one world religion. And there'll be a site. They're spending millions in the creation of this site. And it should be done possibly this year. The rise of one world religion. The rise of deceiving spirits. Man, this made me sick. I'm not even going to use the name of it, that demon. But the Satanists have come and they've actually petitioned in their two state capitals, both in Oklahoma and Illinois, this past Christmas. They put a baby Satan next to the nativity scene. because they, And it is vile. It is just sickening and vile. They said, well, you know... We, we don't believe what you believe, so therefore we want to have this baby demon in this ugly position, posture, expo it's, it's vile. Right in the state capital of Illinois, 
next to the nativity scene. So the children can walk up and see the baby Jesus, and then they can see this thing, this creature. And so it's also because the Ten Commandments were in Oklahoma, the Satanists petitioned and said, well, we have a right, so we're going to go to the state capitol next to the Ten Commandments, and we're going to put another baby demon there. This is crazy. This, this would not have happened years ago. It would not have been able to be accomplished. So we see the rise of deceiving spirits. We know that's true. We know from Revelation 13. Um, we also know from Daniel 7, the great falling away, deception. Paul warned Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, I've listed them there, we won't turn, but there would be this great falling away and people would listen to the doctrines and the teachings of demons. Their itching ears would like it. 2 Timothy 3, 5 as well. So let me share with you some of the, if you'll look at your handout, the, te, the 12 prophetic signs that tell us we're living on the edge. For those that are listening by live stream, I'm just going to read some of this. It's, I want to give credit to Jonathan Brentner. He, he uh, certainly does a lot with end time stuff. And obviously he's a preacher believer as well when you look at his stuff. So we live on the edge. First page there. We live on the edge of eternity. For those who know Jesus as their Savior, it will start when he catches us up to meet him in the air. First Thessalonians 4. We read First Thessalonians, uh, 2 Thessalonians 2. But this is that one, in the twinkling of an eye you shall be caught up together with him. Also out in Corinthians. Those left behind will face the horrors of the seven-year tribulation. As many of you know, I often write about the signs of the times. However, I feel compelled to do so again and remind Remind both to myself as well as others the nearness of Jesus appearing. Apart from the first signs listed below, they appear in no particular order. Together, however, they shout to us that we indeed live in biblical times. We live on the edge of the start of our exciting adventure that begins with Jesus appearing to take us home. What's that going to be like? I mean, you can... Can think. The rebirth of Israel, I pretty hit this already, but the rebirth of Israel forms the bedrock, the cornerstone of our conviction that we live in the last days of human history and we know it. Most, if not all, of all the end time prophecies depend on the, restore, the restoration of restored Israel. For example, according to Jesus, the Antichrist's future defilement of the temple happens during the tribulation. Daniel 9, 27, Matthew 24, 15. This could not happen apart from the rebirth of Israel as a nation. The reemergence of Israel, 1948, as a nation, after 2,000 years, was an astounding miracle, and it happened precisely as the prophet Isaiah predicted in Isaiah 66, 8. It sets the stage for the rest of the signs regarding the end of the age. Third temple preparation. In AD 180, church father Arrhenius wrote, that someday the Antichrist would defile a rebuilt temple. Sir Isaac Newton, known for his great scientific mind and discovers, predicted 200 years in, in advance, that Israel would become again a nation. Not only that, but he also predicted the Antichrist would desecrate the temple during the tribulation period. I don't know if you knew that about Isaac, Sir Isaac. I didn't. Today, this third temple is far along in the planning phase. Based on 30 years of research, the Temple Institute in Israel has prepared most of the furnishings for it, procured the architectural plans, training the Levites to serve as priests. The fervor of the building this temple is strong within the nation. Israel has already begun planning the infrastructure to deal with the large crowd of visitors once it's completed. I just saw a video. Underneath the Temple Mount, they have found what could be the ark of the covenant where the blood of Jesus when you think about it where Jesus was crucified there's this place where the blood of Jesus was shed and the ark is so near anyway we go on we'll just see that this temple institute has made all these preparations vaccine mandates passports number three Vaccine mandates along with the issuing, and whether you're a pro-vax and mid I don't, hey, we ought to have freedom to choose. And when they eliminate the Nuremberg Code, what they're saying is you don't have a right to choose. At least you can't give them for crimes against humanity. It is a, in fact, Dr. Fauci just came out and said, everybody's going to get COVID. Whether you've gotten two jabs and, and a booster, guess what? That's happening. So let's not get divided over this thing. We ought to have a freedom to choose. 
this whole thing of separation is a scheme and a plan by the enemy to separate us, divide us. The vaccine mandates, number three there, along with issuing of vaccine passports, foreshadowing the coming mark of the beast. Some think it is. I don't. I believe it's a foreshadow. In Revelation 13, 16 through 18, in several places in America and around the world, one cannot eat in a restaurant or attend public events without proof of vaccination. My wife and I watched a video last night in Austria. They're celebrating the injection of a, of a, in the left hand a chip that's going in that you can just walk in a restaurant, show your chip, and you got your passport and whatever else. That's just a setup for what's coming in the mark of the right hand. They're also putting it in foreheads. Just here. The technology is already here. In the previous post, he talked about transhumanism. In fact, this post last night quotes this guy from saying, there will be those that are part human and full human, those who are um, organic. Yeah, the organic humans, like us. We don't have any things in us that are... (laughs) This is crazy thinking, but it's here. The technology is here. And it's uh, in this previous post of transhumanism, the path to the mark of the beast... I demonstrate how current technology meant to enforce vaccinations will later lead directly to the fulfillment of Revelation 13. What we see today with the masks, the vaccine mandates, conditioning people to accept the future mark of the beast, the push for transhumanism on the part of most powerful people in the world lies behind the vaccine mandates. There are nations practicing right now for this purpose. They're actually creating soldiers that are part human and not. Transformers. I've seen some studies on that and talked to some people. Let's leave that there. Uh, Number four, worldwide obsession with COVID-19 vaccines. In Revelation 18, which speaks of the destruction of Babylon, we find these words, all of the nations were deceived by the sorcery, verse 23. The word for sorcery here in the Greek is pharmagia in which we get the word pharmaceuticals. It is more than a little interesting that during the tribulation, drugs will be a key part of the means of deception. As J.D. Farag points out, there has never been a time when all of the nations of the world are promoting vaccines. Some are more forceful than others, but those that do not diminish the prophesied worldwide obsession over them that we already witness. Peter Coleman, a geopolitical analyst, former senior economist of the World Bank and World Health Organization, the WHO, wrote following about the universal push for COVID-19 injections. What these measures do, vaccination certificates, passports for the jab, is separate society into the good ones that are vaccinated ones and the bad guys, those who are not vaccinated and do not intend to get the deadly jab. It's quote unquote. All 193 UN member countries whose governments have been co-opted in the long preparation period would like you to believe that the non-vaccinated are a danger to society. Just as John predicted in Revelation 18.23, in regard to the seven-year tribulation, we find all the nations of the world are already hooked on pharmagia, or what we know as COVID and others. The nation, right now, Austria is in total lockdown, and there are those that are leaving Austria. If you're a citizen of the U.S. or dual citizenship, they're coming to the United States. Austria, you cannot work. You're not permitted to work unless you have been vaccinated, have a passport. In England, they're new now doing checks. If you go in, you're in a restaurant, you've got to pull out your vaccination passport either on your phone, and you can get arrested and charged. I think it's 6,000 euros. You go to jail, and you're charged for fines. The only thing holding this back right now is the Supreme Court, who even this week voted that the, the, the plan that OSHA could make every company with 100 employees require the jab. So there's a holding back, but it's not so. Look at what's happening in Australia. Keep praying that we have freedoms established. What happened to my body, my choice? Uh, where, where's, I haven't heard that recently. It fits your narrative before. What about now? The Great Reset, Build Back Better. There's a few people holding this back. But since the beginning of COVID-19 outbreak, the phrase Great Reset, Build Back Better, have become part of our vocabulary. But so few recognize the sinister agenda. Several of the things I'm going to talk about now, it's the agenda within the agenda that is behind what's coming. 
The Great Reset represents the building back of sustainable economic and environmental systems to replace, quote, the current failed system of capitalism. Served us pretty well for, for hundreds of years. Klaus Schaub, the founder and chairman of the World Economic Forum, unveiled his Marxist agenda in May of 2020, hoping to capitalize on the turmoil caused by COVID-19. Schaub writes in July of 2020, the pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, reset our world. Here, reimagine equals the emerging humans with machines and resets, refers to the Marxist regimes that the WEF promotes to build back better campaign, the great reset economic side of the new world order envisioned by the UN in Agenda 2030. Go online and look up Agenda 2030. You'll get shocked by what that says. Prophetically speaking, these phrases point to the coming kingdom of the Antichrist that already is forming throughout the world. Do not be deceived by benign-sounding terms such as build back better. They foreshadow the wicked tyranny that will far worse than anything the world has experienced. This is an ugly speech, but Prince Charles at the COP26 meeting, this is the climate gathering, just November. It says, St. Charles at the Climate Action Summit in Glasgow, November 1st, 2021, I guess just last fall, made a startling statement regarding economic transition, which the Great Reset advocated by the WF had helped sponsor this event. Here's the quote from his speech, quote, we also know that countries, many of whom are burdened by growing levels of debt, simply cannot afford to go green. Here we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector with trillions at his disposal. Who's his? Is this Antichrist alive? Probably. Far beyond global GDP, with the greatest respect beyond even the governments of world leaders, it offers the only real prospect of achieving fundamental economic transition, end quote. Many students of biblical prophecy wonder about Charles's reference to having trillions of dollars at his disposal. Who is this mysterious person? Is he the lawless one waiting in the wings? How eerie is this Prince Charles that may have actually referred to the Antichrist as someone already alive and able to demand such allegiance? He inadvertently confirmed the massive transfer of wealth to corporations and the rich taking place throughout the climate change emergency and the COVID-19 vaccines as all part of the coming new world order. If you've been to the grocery store, you know this one. The inflation that is sweeping across America and much of the world, just a sampling of what lies ahead in the not-too-distant future. For many years, it has been suspected that economic turmoil described in Revelation 6, these are the horsemen, were just around the corner in several ways. The fact that it has not yet happened defies many with economic and MBA backgrounds. I believe the Lord is sovereignly holding back the fulfillment of this economic chaos predicted in Revelation 6, for at some point, however, the Lamb will open the seal and unleash this monetary crisis, and many financial experts predict it will happen as a result of a massive worldwide debt and printing of money. Deception. The scripture tells of tribulation period in a time where widespread deception upon the earth. We've read those, some of those scriptures. The amount of deception present in our world today takes my breath away. It's staggering. The duplicity already rampant in the world tells me the Lord's already preparing the world for the future wicked deception that will pave the way for the rule of the Antichrist. Lawlessness, man, if you haven't watched the news recently, I can't tell you how many cities have, I think there are nine, if I correct, have broken all the murder records for the past. Lawlessness, defund the police, right? In Matthew 24, 12, Jesus predicted that during the tribulation, the world would see an increase of lawlessness. Paul refers to the Antichrist as the lawless one, the man of lawlessness. This lawlessness defined both the Antichrist and his kingdom. With enough time to research, I could put out a long detailing multitude of evidence prevailing of the increased lawlessness in the world. In the U.S., just read about flash mobs, the overwhelming stealing that's going on, valuable merchandise, call to defund police, the virtual elimination of bail for arrested criminals, fueling the fire of anarchy and violence in some of our cities. Dozens of cities already broken records for murders this year. We see lawlessness at the government level in America. They don't even, our own leaders are not enforcing our own laws. 
We see lawlessness at government levels across the world as elected officials defy written laws of the Constitution, impose their own selfish will upon the, those they govern. A rise of the one world religion. Under the guidance of Pope Francis and many other religious leaders, one world religion complex in the United Arab Emirates will open in 2022. The website for this initiates and describes an Arabic Abrahamic family house will be a beacon of mutual understanding, harmonious coexistence, and peace among the faith and goodwill. It consists of a mosque, a church, and a synagogue. What, what happened to our leaders in Christianity? There's only one way to the Father, and it's through the Son. What, what happened to that? The educational center that will be built on that island, the cultural heart of Abu Dhabi in the United Emirates, through its design, it captures the values shared between Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. That's good. Serves as a powerful platform inspiring the nurturing and under, inspiring the nurturing understanding of acceptance between people of goodwill. The vision of the Abraham, whoo, Abrahamic family house originated after signing of the document on human fraternity by Pope Francis and the Grand Imam in February of 2019. Mocking. The Apostle Peter warned of the scoffers that would come in the scene in the last days. Where is his promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all these things are continuing as from the beginning. Jude echoes the same sentiment in regard to the latter day scoffers in verse 17 and 19. But behold, remember ye of the words which be spoken before by the apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, how that they were told there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts, these by those who separate themselves to central having not the Holy Spirit. During much of the 20th century, Bible-believing churches proclaimed the blessed hope as the pre-tribulation rapture, and no one laughed. Today, it's mocked from many pulpits, ridiculed by great many people, even within and outside the church, as the apostles said it would happen in the last days. The Gog-Magog War, staggering to contemplate the prophet Ezekiel 2,600 years before Christ. Wow. Could have so, 2,600 years before now, right? Not before Christ. It was, I think, six, 700 years before Christ. Predicted that the current Middle East situation, only God could reveal that future. Consider three, the three aspects in prophecy in Ezekiel 30, chapter 38. Russia, Iran, and Turkey will form a close alliance, they already have, and will lead to the future invasion of Israel. Ezekiel 38, if you want to get it, read it, and you'll see it. It says, in the latter days, in the sometime in the distant future, I will bring them, I'll put a hook in your mouth, Gog and Magog, and I will bring you against the nation of Israel to come and take the spoil and the splendor. You know, it's amazing, the billions of dollars they've now discovered right off of Israel's coast, the gas, that that is... And they have such value. One of my rabbi friends just told me during the midst of all this, the exports of technology from Israel all over the place, they are profiting like crazy. It's a very, it's what he said he would do. Well, at some point, the nations of the earth are going to come and desire to take that spoil. The prosperity of Israel, number two there, will cause this group to invade with incredible wealth, the natural gas and oil, among other things. Gulf nations like Saudi Arabia, they'll protest, but they won't join in. Who could possibly have predicted these things 2,500 years ago, apart from the words of Israel, uh, Ezekiel? We see these tensions rising. Israel repeatedly bombs Iranian installations in Syria, sabotaging the nuclear facilities, trying to stop them from getting the nuclear weapon. Today, everything is in place to spark and ignite this war, the Gog-Magog war. It's time to look up. So in conclusion, it's a sum total of these signs along with others that tell us we live in the last moments before the Lord Jesus intervenes in world history. As believers, it's time to live with the awareness that Jesus' return to take us home is very close. Time to look up with eager anticipation for the completion of our adoption into the family. I'm not saying that he'll come this year or next. It's entirely possible, though. I'm saying that the biblical signs of the last days tells us we're already living in the shadow, rapidly approaching tribulation period, which signifies the homecoming that must also close. 
If you do not let the Lord Savior into your life, do it today. Praise God. So I just want to highlight a couple of things that I just found wild. The Israel priest preparing for the third temple. It has all of the pictures of the design, the temple preparations, the biblical, all the creation of all the instruments for worship. The Sanhedrin, which hasn't formed since 2,000 years, is now formed. The high priest looking for the red heifer, that perfect sacrifice, the blood sacrifice that they're looking for, even though he's already come. <laughs> the um, resuming of different offerings, the purification, preparation, all of these things, again, just it's right around the corner in place. The Abrahamic family house in Abu Dhabi, you can see they are spending a lot of money in the UAE capital. And it's got the Pope shaking hands with the Imam. Again, we would like to have free, you know peace, not with war. I mean, but this just sets up. And there are many that think there'll be a great religious leader that will be the false prophet that will cause many to worship the Antichrist. Lots of information there. This one makes me the sickest. This satanic temple that installs this demon in our state capitals. And then they make this statement that they have a right, that they have this desire. They don't believe in God. That's Romans chapter 1. The satanic temple that erects this quote, I won't even use his name, for harmony and reconciliation in unity to display positive values, the satanic temple leaders. Hello? Have you looked at any such uh, satanic ritual abuse? Have you ever done any prayer ministry on those who have done and child sacrifice? I've been in countries where they've come and said there's, come on, give me a break. The veteran, the United Nations, this is another one. Just two weeks ago, I had the picture of what Daniel the prophet said would come, and Revelation 13 said would come. It now stands as a gift outside in New York of the lion with the eagle and the reptile structures. The United Nations just unveiled this new gift statue outside New York City. In the, in, is a, um, it's a book of the Revelation. It's just uncanny. And it's interesting, it came from the, uh, uh, the government of Mexico as a remembrance of the Aztec culture, which violent cruelty had had human sacrifices throughout it. And so, as guardian of international peace and security now sits on the visitor's plaza outside UN headquarters, the guardian of fusion of the jaguar and the eagle, donated by the government of Mexico, created as an international guardian of peace. Hello, wake up, wake up. Pope Francis launches his seven-year Laudato Sea action plan. May 24th, 2021, seven-year plan of environmental, environmental sustainability in all the different sectors of the church, religious orders, Catholic schools, hospitals. We need an ecological approach that can transform the way of dwelling in the world our styles of life, our relationship with Mother Earth. The seven-year plan. Seven years, interesting number. Let us take care of Mother Earth. Well, no one's opposed to taking care of Mother Earth. Respect the gifts, but she's not our mother. Yeah. Hello. Concrete action plans. COP26, November 2021. What was agreed to in the climate gathering in Glasgow a couple of months, uh, four months back, it said it, it aims to reduce the world's impacts on climate change. Although not legally binding, it sets the global agenda that will bring change. In fact, if you listen to some of the folks in the administration, it's downright scary. Agreed that countries could meet and pledge greater to reduce greenhouse gases. This Concern for climate catastrophe and the rising of temperatures. Maybe it's a valid concern, but this methodology that unites, and here's what's happening, especially in the, the younger generation right now. They are being captured by this 
indoctrinated in our schools. And so talk to your children and your grandchildren. Make sure they have their eyes wide open. Yes, protect what you're given, but at the same time, be aware who's riding behind the agenda. The U.S.-China agreement. Shocking. In the wake of Austria's drastic lockdowns of the unvaccinated, the European Union chief is now desiring to throw out the Nuremberg Code. After the Nazi atrocities, not the least of which were medical, the professor writes, how can we then forget what has happened to our past? The Austrian lockdown, any person over the age of 12 that is not vaccinated cannot leave their house except for medical or for essential food items. You must stay in your house in complete lockdown. You've got family there, right? The Nuremberg Code was enacted in 1947, immediately following the Second World War, to prevent the many egregious human rights abuses enacted by the Nazis and Imperial Japanese during the war. Guys like Dr. Joseph Mengel and Hadiko Tojo, aching to the worst of the worst butchers in history. Got to wake up. So, little light sharing this morning to raise your... Excitement, <laughs> but we have to be aware, right? And, and so we, we go with our eyes wide open and we pray that as an urgency. One of the things you can do is share the, um, some of the events that are happening with people that are not saved. So they wake up because we, we know people that are just completely clueless about what's happening. And unless the Lord draws them in, uh, they can't come in. So you can be this light. That's why uh, just enough. Don't bash them with it. Don't try to make them afraid. Don't get in a, uh, you know, arguments with them. Just present facts and then present the truth. So let's stand. I thank you for your time here. I want to invite the ministry team if you'll come. So good to have Pastor Edward Atwa with us. Oh, I'm going to actually ask him to pray us out. Would that be all right? Yes. Hey, praise God. He was uh, great friends with Neil, even in the first tent up in Moravian Falls and uh, Took a train a day and a half to be here for the memorial service. That's from Florida, yeah. Yes, and so pray for us or tell us something. All right, thank you. Um, I just want to first of all thank, uh, thank uh, Pastor Tom and um, his wife to just allowing me to pick this mic. I uh, really wanted to say this, you know, before you close, thank God is I should say something. It's Brother Neil that connected me to this house. Mm -hmm. If there wasn't no Brother Neil, I probably would never meet Pastor Tom. I would never be connected to Global River Church. So I want to thank God for that. We thank you, yeah. And I believe that God made it for a purpose. Yes. And I have some couple of things to share with the man of God later on. And I want to say as we, I go back to Florida uh, tomorrow, who always pray. Sometimes I connect the internet and watch some of the services that are going here. We'll keep praying for you, and we want you to pray for us. Uh, my wife and I just relaunched uh, the ministry after this COVID. I heard Pastor talking. Really, it's a demonic spirit that have come to hinder us from advancing. But we, the kingdom people, we take shift. Father, we thank in the church, but these are scriptures that you have given the prophetic people to come to minister to the body, that the body of Jesus wouldn't be ignorant will not just be taken over by smooth talk from the politicians and the things that sound to be nice, but actually they are cloak covering the demonic agenda to paralyze the church 
and to render us null and void by the Holy Spirit. It's not going to happen. That's why you have risen pastors like Topaz or Tom and other prophets. As the listing from God and the minister to us, the word of God, we receive the Rima word. And we say, God, we're going to stand with you. We're going to be faithful to engage these powers and make sure that they do not succeed in our lifetime. Father, we thank you for this house. Thank Thank you for all the Global River Church is doing around the globe. Thank you for the light that you are emanating from this corner of the United States that is touching around the world. We know this light will continue to shine and make disciples that will be end time armies that will conquer territories and take nations. Father, we pray for the eldership of this house as they follow your servant's leadership that they will accomplish the agenda of God, not the agenda of American government, but the agenda of God. Oh, my Father, that at the end of everything, the glory and honor and praise will be given only to you alone. In Jesus' name, bless us this week as we go. Favor, speak for us. Glory, fill us, Father. Open supernatural doors for everyone, God. That you will keep lifting us up, Father God. That everyone that is sick in the house is healed by the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. As Pastor go to honor his mother-in-law, Lord, we pray glory we follow. That you use him to encourage the rest of the family members. And many will come to know the God that Mama who has passed to glory knew. Through this celebration period, we say we love you. We praise you and we're going to serve you to the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you all. Praise the Lord. Come for prayer if you need prayer, please. Thank you. And then don't forget Kingdom Men and Kingdom Women tomorrow night at 7. God bless you.